Just keep playing them straight. Drop the volume a little bit more. Let's start from verse 3. We start from verse 3 and read down to verse 3 and read down. Say, oh Lord, be magnified in every situation, oh Lord. Kapona saila mangroto kebrana ash. We say, oh Lord, be magnified, oh Lord. Okay, verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5. Casting down imaginations. The Bible says, For we do not war against the flesh. Praise the Lord. Somebody tell me, We do not war against the flesh. So if, if you have a problem, and your problem is just, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, from verse 3. Praise the Lord. So if you have a problem and your problem is joblessness, your actual problem is not joblessness. We are not warring against the flesh. If you have a problem and your problem is that they say the doctor said you have diabetes, your actual problem is not diabetes. We don't war against the flesh. If you meet someone and you see that the person is blind, his problem is not that he has glaucoma or is blind. His problem is beyond that blindness because we do not war against the flesh. Help me preach to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, neighbor, we do not war against the flesh. So when you see any physical situations, physical circumstances, physical challenge, that is not the real challenge because we do not war against the flesh. What is physical is not your problem. If if you have physical problems, it's not your it's not the real cause of your problem. If you are from a family where it's as though everybody is going through poverty, poverty is not the real cause of the problem. It's not the real issue. Many believers, let me tell you what believers are doing. Many believers, they are, they have the enemies behind them and they are boxing an empty air you know what it means for somebody to be blinded and there's an enemy your enemy is behind you beating you black and blue 
and you are boxing. You are boxing with all your strength. But what you are boxing is an empty air. When you go and you are praying and say, oh Lord, it's a job. I must get a job this year. I must get a job this year. The real problem is not a job. When you are asking God, oh Lord, please, heal me of this sickness. The real problem is not that sickness. Am I communicating here? When you are trying to deal with a situation, don't approach it from the angle of the flesh. Don't just be inquisitive to see that that situation is ended, that mountain is moved. Because the mountain is not the real problem. There is something behind the mountain. And if you can't discern what is behind the mountain, you're in trouble. The mountain will keep, will keep, will st- will keep staying there. How can you go to a car? You go to a car and then you are saying, let's move this car. You, you, you hold the tire. Say, all of you come. We'll move this car. All of you hold the tire. And you are trying to carry the car away. Whereas you can actually look for the key of the car, open up the door of the car, start the engine and kickstart it. That is what many believers are doing in these last days. They are fighting where their problem is not. They are shouting and fasting on where their problem is not. Am I communicating? Listen to me. The next verse is, for we, he said, we war not against the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, though we are human beings, though we are in the physical realm, we do not war after the flesh. Whatever physical problems you encounter now, you don't attack those physical problems physically. It is foolishness to do that. That's what the scripture is saying. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down of the majesty. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal weapons. They are spiritual weapons. But look at what these weapons were designed to destroy. When you find out what these weapons were designed to destroy, you will now find out the real problem of the believers. Am I communicating here? So the weapons of our warfare, you might not know what the weapons are. You don't even have to know what the weapons are. You might not need to know what the weapons are. But if you by any means engage this weapon, it will deal with the real problem. But today I'm going to show you what the weapon is and I'm going to show you what the problems are. The Bible says, for the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to God to be pulling down. Somebody say stronghold. Say louder. Say stronghold. Say imagination. So the real weapon, the weapons of our warfare, has been fashioned to attack the real problem. So the real problems of the believer is strongholds and imaginations. Look at what the Bible says. It says, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bringing everything in obedience to Christ. You know that song? He is bringing everything in obedience to Christ. He is bringing everything in obedience to Christ. The rules of God are not carnal for their majesty to go to the cast down very strongholds, cast down every evil imagination, and bringing down every height that exalted itself above the knowledge of our God. 
and bringing all things to the obedience to Christ. In obedience to Christ. Now, what does this say? Now, if you look at this scripture very well, God gives you insight, you will know that the biggest, what the biggest problem of the believers is, and what the biggest war, war instruments, weapons of war of the believer is. The biggest problem of the believer is stronghold, number one. Evil imaginations. When you are praying for the sick to be healed, the biggest problem of that sick man is not the sickness. The biggest problem of that sick man is his mindset. Am I communicating here? So, it is strongholds and imaginations. And look at how you know that, that this enemy we are dealing with is so powerful. What the enemy seeks to do is that he seeks to exalt himself above the knowledge of God. So that stronghold in your mind, that mentality, that way of life, that way of thinking, that, that concept you have, that stereotype, seeks to replace the magnanimity of God in your life. That's why we sang the song, I have made you too small in my eyes. Oh Lord, forgive me, be magnified, oh Lord, for you are highly exalted. He's highly exalted above every knowledge, every stronghold, every imagination that seeks to take his place. The moment the believer gets to the point where he has come, he has known God so much so that nothing can take the place of God in his mind. Nothing can make him look down on the power of God. Nothing can make God look too small to him. Every battle in the flesh has been won by that believer. Am I communicating? Yes, sir. The Bible says, for we are the weapons of is meant to cast down every evil emanation, everything that that seeks to replace the knowledge of God in our lives. Mighty to God to the point of struggles, cast down emanations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge. Against the knowledge. So, what is the weapons of your warfare? The weapons of your warfare is the knowledge. So I say the knowledge. knowledge. Say the knowledge. knowledge. That's it. Because the, the evil imaginations, the strongholds are seeking to pull down one thing. The knowledge. Am I communicating here? Yes, sir. They are seeking to just pull down one because they know that is the thing. That's the weapon. That's the weapon you are. Now, when an enemy, when people go to battle, when the enemy goes for battle, one of the first strategy that the enemy does is to pull down the defense of the counterpart. So of course, and when he captures the counterpart, the next thing is that he takes the weapons of that counterpart. Right? Yes, now, knowledge is both a defense and a weapon. Your knowledge of God is the weapon of your warfare. So, whether it is for defense, it's for offense, it is the weapon. Am I communicating here? Yes, sir. It is your weapon of warfare. And so, evil imagination, every hiding, um, strongholds. Now, let me tell you how strongholds are formed. For instance, you go through a, a bad situation. You go through a bad situation, maybe a heartbreak, or you go through a business crunch, and after that business crunch, you, you were able to survive a little bit. You were able to get somebody to help you. And then you want to now start another business. And you become scared. 
that the same thing that happened before will happen again. Let me tell you how strong those are for. You, get, you are giving birth to in a family and nobody has ever risen. Everybody that rose, they brought the person down. Everybody that tried to become something, they destroyed the person. The person, if anybody, everybody you knew that was doing well before your family is no longer doing well. And now it looks like God is beginning to bless you small, small. And then you begin to become scared and say, God, are you sure this blessing is going to rest? Are you sure this, this, this thing that is coming is going to, are you sure I'm going to be great? That is what is called a stronghold. And what is the weapon to take it down? The knowledge of God. So that is the biggest, that is one of the, that is why Satan is attacking anything that will make you grow your knowledge of God. He knows that when you come for services, when you come for worship meetings, you come for prayer meetings, your knowledge of God will change level. And so guess what? He is going to attack it. He's going to attack anything that will make you grow your knowledge of God because he wants strongholds to occupy the maximum space. Everybody has a space, a memory capacity in his life. But the devil wants to occupy 90% of your memory capacity. Of your knowledge bank. He wants to occupy everything. He wants to occupy everything. And until God takes everything, Satan will keep winning you. Until God is the one, the knowledge of God is the one to occupy. Let me, let me show you something. What the knowledge of God does. The Bible says in the book of Daniel chapter 10 and verse 31. Daniel 11.32, sorry. Daniel 11.32. I want to show you what the knowledge of God does. That's why when I said knowledge is the weapons of your warfare, this is a, an explanation to show you that that's what it is. Daniel 11.32. If you're there, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. If you're not there, shout I'm coming. Hallelujah. Daniel 11.32. Just, you are highly exalted and there is nothing you can't do oh lord be my oh lord be my just keep playing that way keep playing it that way let's read together one two three go did you see that when the people that know their god shall be strong and do exploits. That's your weapon. That's your weapon. That's your weapon. When the enemy comes against you like a flower, when you know your God, you'll be strong and you'll do exploits. You take down that enemy. You shock that enemy. That's your weapon. When it comes with you to you with poverty, when you know your God, you'll be strong. You won't be moved. You won't be scared that you end up like your father. You end up like your mother. You won't be scared. You'll be strong. And then you will do exploits. When it comes with a sickness, and they say, "Hey, you have been diagnosed with hepatitis," you, you you know your God. You'll be strong, and you will move. You will do exploits. When it comes with joblessness, when it comes with a sad letter, you are strong. You are not moved because you know your God, and you will do exploits. When it comes with a heartbreak, 
You don't say, I'm not going to church again because they have broken my heart. No! You'll be strong and you will do exploits. When it comes with hunger, there's no food in your table. Because you know your God. You'll be strong and then you will do exploits. The knowledge of God is your weapon. Am I communicating here? So this weapon has been designed to pull down strongholds and cast down evil imaginations. And every high thing that has exalted itself above the knowledge of God. Above the knowledge of God. I want to show you something. One of my secrets. If you are going to go far with the Lord, pursue after his knowledge. I refuse that you are you are more drunk with any other thing than the knowledge of God. Refuse that nothing else occupy your life as much as the knowledge of God will. The question I have to ask is, when was the last time you opened your Bible and just decided to finish three books of the Bible, finish five books of the Bible, and finish the whole Bible? What was the last time? Let me show you something. I want to show you something in the book of Proverbs, chapter 8. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. there is nothing Praise the Lord. Can I shock you? Every day of your life, the knowledge of God is seeking for you. God wants you to know Him. God is crying out. I can show you many scriptures. The Bible says in John chapter 4 um, and verse 31, it says, And Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Anyone who tests should come and drink. And then when he drinks out of his belly, shall flow rivers of living water. That's, a, that's one of the scriptures that shows that Jesus is, is looking for people who are hungry. Jesus wants, knowledge is calling on people. The knowledge of God is beckoning on you. God wants to show himself to you. God wants to reveal himself to you. The Bible says in the book of Revelations, Look at Revelations and verse. I, I, I can I can let me just quote it quickly. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. Somebody tell you on every tell your neighbor, say knowledge is knocking at your door. Say the knowledge of God is knocking at your door. Say Jesus is knocking at your door. So, God is willing to reveal himself. God wants to encrypt you with this, with this weapon of the knowledge of him. He's looking for you everywhere. So, sometimes, why, that's why when you sleep in the night, it's as though somebody has tapped you to wake up and pray. That is God saying, come, I want to show you something. Sometimes, if you wake up in the morning and you don't feel like eating breakfast, that was God telling you, don't eat today, I want to show you something. 
for me how he does it to me is that he makes me to forget certain things he just makes me i'm irritated i am irritated about everything around me i just want to be on my on my own the reason why he's making me feel that way is because he wants to show me something he wants to unveil himself to me behold i stand at the door of your heart and i knock if any man hears my voice and opens the door i will come in i will suck with him and he was like, God wants to show himself to us. But many believers have become too busy. They don't have time for God. And so the weapons of warfare are not available. So Satan is killing many believers. And the believers don't know where their battle is coming from. They are fighting poverty. They are fighting sickness. They are fighting backwardness. Whereas the real weapon they should have taken up and destroyed the devil, they have left it behind. And Satan is buffeting them because they don't know where Satan is. He's buffeting them. He will throw property at them, throw, and they are fighting. They are boxing empty airs, and nothing has changed. This is why you can find a believer for ten years, no movement, no progress. That is one of the reasons. God is looking for. God is knocking at the door of your heart. God is knocking at the door of your heart. He wants. He wants to show Himself to us. Wisdom understanding, knowledge, God. So whenever I mention wisdom, whenever I mention understanding, whenever I mention knowledge, I'm talking about God. Are you what I'm saying? I'm talking about God revealing himself to us. So look at this scripture now. It will surprise you. Proverbs chapter 8. Oh Lord. are you there with me? Proverbs 8 verse 1. Look at, let me read from myself. It says, Do not wisdom, do not wisdom cry, and understanding put for her voice. She standeth in the top of high places. By the way, in the places of the paths, she crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O man. I call, and my voice is to the songs of man. All ye simple, understand wisdom, and you fools, be ye of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truths, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. And what I'm, what is talking now? Is the weapons of warfare. Am I communicating here? Yes, the weapons of warfare is making an invitation on the streets. Nobody is hearing. The knowledge of God, the wisdom of God is beckoning on people, inviting people to come in and receive it. Nobody is hearing. This verse 8 says, All the words of my mouth are in, in righteousness. There is nothing forward of Perverse in them. It says, They are all plain to him that understandeth. 
and write to them that find knowledge. Says, receive my instruction and not silver. This is wisdom. This is God talking to us. This is the knowledge of God beckoning us. Am I confusing anybody here? Are you here with me? It says, for wisdom is better than rubies. So we are looking for money. You see people every morning, every morning they will leave house 5 30. They will start dragging for bus. They will enter bus, go to AYA, from AYA, go to their workplace, and then you see them struggling. And at the end of the month, they are earning 100,000, 50,000, 30,000. The Bible says if you gain this knowledge, it's bigger than what? Than rubies. Do you know what rubies is? It's a precious stone, very expensive. It says it is more valuable than it. So then all, all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I want a car. I want a house. I want to be wealthy. It's not compared to, a, to this thing called the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God. It's a weapon. It's a weapon. For wisdom is better than this. Verse 12. It says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out Knowledge of witty inventions. So if this thing comes on you, the knowledge of God comes on you, you become an inventor. Am I coming to you? You will know things without anybody teaching you. All of a sudden, how was Adam able to name all the animals? How was he able to farm? How was he able to take care of the whole garden? Let me shock you. The garden of Eden is a city. It's not a garden. It's not a small garden. It's a big city. It still exists till now. For one man to be able to navigate through that place, take care of the whole animal, the whole animal God created. Is a city, it's like it's like a it's almost like a state, like Abuja. That's how Eden is, that's how big Eden is. So there are about four rivers that flow into Eden. I don't know if you know the names of the rivers. There are about four rivers. Eh? To tell you, it's not a small place. It's not a small river. River, they flow inside garden. If it's the garden that we are thinking of is a small garden, we know. You can river enter garden? No, no. It's a city. It's like a big city. A state. I, I wouldn't even say it's a country. Because it's really big. Four rivers, goes through. up till today, the rivers are still there. There is River Pigris, there is River Euphrates, there are about two more. Eh? There's that one, eh? There are about it's four. And he goes through this garden. And one man was able to take care of this whole city or nation called the Garden of Eden. He was able to name the animals, he was able to do a lot of things, he was able to take care of everything, and there was no one problem whatsoever. Somebody said the knowledge of God. He, he knew things without anybody teaching him. Somebody saying, Oh God, I'm looking for a wife. I want to look for, I'm looking for my missing ring. Oh Lord, give me Sister Joy or I die. Oh God, who will be my life partner? And Adam, because he knew God, he had knowledge of God, he just came and saw a woman and says, You are the bone of my bone and the flesh of my. He knew he had, he had unusual knowledge and wisdom for everything. He knew what is what what was his, what is right to be done. Without anybody teaching him, he had the spirit of invention. 
on his inside. Am I communicating? He knew. He knew. So that man looking for a wife, looking for somebody to marry. I'm looking for a life partner. Go and look for God first. Touch God. If you touch God, you will show up. If you touch God, you will find out that your eyes have been blind the longest time. It is that sister that you are looking down on that is, that is the woman. You touch God. Am I communicating? Am I communicating? Look at what the Bible says. It says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and, and, and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. So when you know God, there are certain things that you do that give that open the door for Satan to afflict you in the flesh. You stop doing those things. Am I communicating? How can somebody how can somebody be asking God to heal him? You're asking God for healing. You have a kidney infection. And you're asking God for healing but you are still drinking alcohol and you are still taking all forms of spirits, subject. You have a kidney problem. You have a liver problem. You're asking God, Lord, please heal me. And you're still taking those things. What you lack is the knowledge of You don't know God. You don't have the knowledge of God. So you don't have common wisdom. I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm saying. So somebody is living in sin and still praying for God's intervention. And he's surprised that God is not intervening. You don't know him. And if your problem is not Satan, it's not that problem you're going through. Your problem is look for God. If you find him, if you know him, if you encounter him, everything has sorted out. Everything will be sorted out. He says, look at what this thing does to people. Verse 15. Please look at your scriptures. Look at what the knowledge of God does to people. Look at what the wisdom of God does to people. He says, by me, this thing called wisdom, knowledge. By me, kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. Verse 17. I love them that love me. And those that seek me early. Somebody say early. early. Ah, ah, ah. My children. My children. Ah. Who send them? They will read Bible. Are you hearing me? I don't know about your children. My children, from the beginning, from age one, as you start talking, they are still reading the Bible. You finish that Bible three times before you turn three. So every every new every new age you turn, you have finished the Bible. As you are celebrating your birthday, we celebrate you, get you nice things, get you cake. After you are done, we we'll take you to the room and sit you down. You are finishing the Bible. We we'll bring food for you inside the room. God says, those that seek me, what? Ellie. Do you know the implication of not seeking God early? You will get to a point when they will tell you, oh, let's go to church, let's serve God, let's go to imagine. It will sound like, like nonsense to you. If you don't seek God early, you don't encounter him early, you will continue the way of sin. So much so that when you hear a person pretty, it irritates you. When you hear anything about God, you, you will generalize that all men of God are fake. Are you seeing people like that? They don't want to... Ah, please I'm invite you to church. Hey, no, 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 no. Those kinds of people are people who did not start early. And so now 
The Bible says, if the Lord consistently rebukes you of a thing and you do not repent, the Bible says he will give you up to a reprobate heart. That was what happened to Pharaoh. Am I communicating here? There is something called a reprobate heart. That is a stony heart. That you, you God will tell you about a thing, will correct you about a thing, and you are refusing to change. You are refusing to turn around. You need to change your way. Guess what God now does? Guess what God now does? He now makes your heart to be too strong. So if anybody is saying anything and saying this thing you are doing is wrong, if God is also telling you anything about what you are doing and for you to change, guess what? You will not listen to me. Your heart has become strong. That's what happens to a person who cannot or did not seek God early. He gets to a, an age where he becomes so old, he becomes so frail, he doesn't even have the strength to seek God. At some point, he actually does have the strength, but he's no longer interested in God because his heart has been hardened. Did you know how many times God rebuked Pharaoh to leave people, leave people to go? But after God rebuked him, he still went back. I don't know if you're saying. There's an age you will get if you don't see God now. You can't stop alcohol. You can't stop You can't stop living a life of sin. Why? Because you didn't do it. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. The Bible says, wisdom said, those that seek me early. This wisdom that is talking is God. It's God that is talking. Am I communicating? It's God. God is saying to you, they that seek me early, my children, it has be for them. They will seek God. I thought you say that about your own children. Eh? Did you say your children will seek God? Or they will, eh? Or they will seek alcohol? My children will seek God. And I will start from me. It will begin with me. They that seek me early shall find me. See, there is an extent through which, by which you you know, there's a way you are going to go with God. You can't leave him. Even though somebody takes you to a club, you'll be uncomfortable in that club. They give you alcohol, you will take it and you'll be very uncomfortable with it. Are you, are, are you with me? Why? You started early. God did something to you. Maybe when you were 12, maybe when you were 9, he appeared to you in your room and he told you, I am the ancient of days. And you felt his presence. You, you felt his power. You saw him do something in your family you cannot forget it so easily. You saw him heal your mom who was almost going to die of asthma. You saw him do a miracle. You encountered God early. And so when you are old, even though somebody tells you, Oga, this is 100 million era, deny Jesus or that, you, you can't. You can't. Those that seek me early. So there are people who will not find him anymore because they did not seek him early. Say, I will seek him early. When we call for three hours prayer stretch, when we call for a five hours prayer stretch, or we call for discipleship school, you are not wasting time. When you sit down and you are in your room, lekapash, zakateka, and you are just maybe 21 years old, 25 years old, 27 years old, your mate will look at you and say you are a fool, but you are not wasting time. Tell your neighbor you are not wasting time. Say it again, say you are not wasting time. They might look at you and say, oh God, oh God, oh God. Oh God. One of my friends told me when I was going, I said, look at yourself in the mirror. You are a fine guy. You don't have any lady. Are you mad? Look at yourself. Enjoy your life. You will never be this young. I said, yes. I know I will never be this young again. That is why I want to show my youth to the Lord. I want to use my youth and buy God. I want to, I want to, I want to touch God with my youth. So when I'm old, I will not regret it. There is a time where you will be too weak 
to do these things you are doing. It is what you have cast. <laughs> One of my friends told me, he says, Pastor, um, Pastor Emmanuel, I will fast all the fast now. I need to fast now. I will pray all the prayers I need to pray now. Because in my own age, that's when I will reap the fruits. Some of you, it is the prayer you are praying now that your children would enjoy 20 years from now. You don't know. I told people, I said, no prayer you make. Even if what you are doing for the past one hour was you are speaking the tongues for past one hour. No prayer you make was a waste of time. They are going to wait for you somewhere. Am I communicating? In the same way, no word of God you hear is a waste. It's going to wait for you somewhere. It's going to wait for you somewhere. The word of God is going to wait for you in eternity. So on the last day, when everybody is approaching the throne of God and everybody is being judged, they will, t- they will ask you, did you hear this message? You say, no, I didn't hear this message. I didn't know, I didn't. They will play the message. You'll be hearing it. They say, you heard it. The Bible says, the word of God will stand as judgment to some people. You don't know. Not for us as believers, though. The people who did not receive Jesus. The day you came to preach to him and he refused, they will play it for him. I say, Oh God, you are you are spoken to. Don't tell me you, you didn't hear the gospel. They preached the gospel. This was the gospel they preached. So there are some words that you hear that go to wait for you in the future. And then there are, there are prayers that you pray that go to wait for you in the future. Am I communicating here? So no prayers away. So I will seek him early. Shout the loud say, I will seek him early. So they are seeking me early, Shafan. This is one of my, my favorite scriptures while I was young. Look at, look at what it says next. I think we're in verse 15, right? Um, verse what? 18 now. It says, Riches and honor are with me. Hey. Hallelujah. You are looking for money. You think poverty is the problem. So you are working so hard. He says poverty is not your problem. Job is not your problem. If you carry me, if you know me, if you carry wisdom, my knowledge, if you encounter me, he says riches and honor are with me. Somebody say riches and honor are with wisdom. All I need to do is to seek wisdom. To seek knowledge. To seek the knowledge of God. That's all. Riches and honor are with me. Durable riches and righteousness. Verse 19 says, My fruit is better than gold. Yea, than fine gold. And my revenue than choice of silver. Revenue is like what they, they pay you every month. He says, If you carry me, it's like silver. Ah, Jesus. Ha <laughs> ha. Somebody, you are going to encounter Jesus and you will never need a job in your life again. Oh, somebody didn't say amen. Please, whenever I talk about wisdom, knowledge, I'm talking about Jesus himself. I'm talking about God himself revealing himself to you. Because he is the wisdom. The Bible says Jesus has made unto us the wisdom and the power of God. So when we talk about wisdom, and knowledge. We're talking about this is God talking to us. 
is literally this is who he is. If you read the book of Isaiah chapter eleven, it talks about the seven spirits of God. Is the spirit of God one of the spirits that was listed? The spirit of wisdom and the spirit of the knowledge and the spirit of the fear of God. Are you hearing me? So this is God talking to us. So if you seek me, your revenue will be much more better than silver. If you carry me, if you carry me, if you carry me, it says I lead in the right, in the way of righteousness and in the midst of the path of judgment. Verse twenty one, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. Verse twenty two, the Lord possessed me in the beginning of His way, before His words, His works of old. This was talking about God. Are you hearing me? So, before God created the whole universe, what was at work in him? Wisdom. Knowledge. It is still him that was at work in him. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Have you read the scripture where the Bible says, The Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand. This was God addressing God. So, you see, so he was addressing Jesus. So, this scripture is saying that the Lord possessed me. He's talking about wisdom, that's Jesus Himself said, "The Lord, um, Jesus, um, the, God was um, the, Jesus is saying that the Lord possessed me in the beginning. That means God had this thing called wisdom, and God has this thing called had this thing called knowledge from the beginning. He had me from the beginning, and that was why He was able to do the works He did. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. So the whole world was created because this thing was available. These reports of war were available." I can go on and on, but when you go home, go and study this thing and see what you are missing when you take the presence of God for granted. When you take Bible studies for granted. This year we are finishing the whole Bible. A couple of you don't even know about it. Every day we have scriptures that we are reading. Every day. By the grace of God, in this discipleship school that I'm starting, I'm starting a discipleship school. I, I, I announced it two Sundays ago, right? And I said that everybody who wants to join discipleship school We'll come to the house on Thursday and we'll stay through till Sunday, right? So, as many of you that are interested, we'll finish the Bible. Amen? Amen. What did I say? I thought someone would be excited about <laughs> Who will know God? Who will find Him? If you hide in the ocean, I will find you. If you hide in the sea, I will find you. If you hide in the mountains, I will find you. Messiah, I will find you. I will find you. I will find you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at, I want to show you something. Because of time. I want to show you something. James chapter 1. Malama shanda bregebes. Gila manonia kapadaba shanda manonia kapadaba. James chapter 1 from verse 1 to 5. Ruda bababa shile menando sobre na manonia. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. 
If you hide in the ocean, I will find you. If you hide in the sea, I will find you. My God, my friend, I will find, I will find you. Yes, I will find you. Now look at it. I think James chapter 1, right? Are you there? James chapter 1 from verse 1 to 5. Look at it. Just look at your scriptures. The Bible says, James is a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting and all of that. So verse 2. Turn, turn the keyboard a little bit down. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, are you guys seeing this? Zion says, count it all joy when you go through diverse temptations, when you go through situations, when you go through seasons of lack. He says, don't be in a hurry. But if any of you lack wisdom, now, another way to say this is if any of you do not lack my knowledge, if any of you do not know me, any of you do not have me. So but when you go through problems in life, people will tell you it's your, your village people. Not every problem is caused by your, by your village people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even if they were caused by your village people. God was preferring a solution to your problem. He says if you are going through a situation... And in that situation, you lack wisdom. Now, do you understand what I'm trying to say? You're going through a problem. You're going through a pain. You are in scarcity. You are in sickness. Devil is beating you from, from all sides of life. You're going through that situation, but you lack wisdom. So the reason why you are even going through that situation is because you do what? You did what? You don't, you don't have Jesus. You don't know Jesus. You're, you don't, you're not carrying knowledge of God yet. So what I told you in the beginning, when I'm talking about wisdom, I'm talking about Jesus himself because the Bible says Jesus is made out of the wisdom of God and the power of God. When I'm talking about wisdom, I'm talking about the knowledge of God. So if you lack wisdom, the Bible says if any lacks wisdom, let him do what? Let him do what? Let him ask God. So if you, if you lack the presence of God, you lack the knowledge of God, you lack an encounter with Jesus, ask him for it! God, so when you're going through problems, don't, don't be shouting, oh God, deliver from this poverty. Samuel, are you hearing me? Oh God, I need daily bread. Oh God, why will you remember my family? No. What you should be praying, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Lord, open my eyes. Lord, cause me to encounter you like Jacob did in Bethel. Open my eyes to see the hidden treasures of your kingdom. That's the prayer to pray. God did not just say, Oh Lord, God did not just this Bible is not just saying, Oh, I start praying and saying, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me no. This wisdom here is a personality. And when he says you should ask for it, he's saying you should pray for an encounter with this personality. His name is Jesus. Am I communicating? 
Do you hear, understand what I said? He says, Ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. So you see, God is willing to, to, to reveal Jesus to you. To unlock Jesus to you. To have you encounter Jesus. He wants you to encounter Jesus. He, he does not upbraid. He does not select. He says, and it shall be given him. He says, but let him ask in faith. Not wavering. For he, ha- he that wavered is like the wave of the sea. Giving. So, w- listen. If you're asking to encounter Jesus. The Bible says you should ask in faith. What it means is that you should ask with works. Am I communicating here? Oh, Jesus. You guys are not ready for me today. Are you here? Yeah. So, you don't just go to your prayer place and say, Oh, Lord, I want to encounter you. You say those spiritual prayers. Oh, Lord, show me Jesus. Show me Jesus. Let me re- reveal him to me. Let me know him. That I may know you and the power of your resurrection. You don't just make those prayers. You will make those prayers, but it must be accompanied with works. Are you getting So, you make those prayers, but you live like you want it. You trim some certain attitudes and characters around you like you want to encounter Jesus. You can't be making those prayers and you still lie. You can't be making those prayers and you still take up all. He said, let him ask in faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things lost. So if you're asking in faith, it means you must be living like a person who wants to meet with Jesus. Am I communicating here? You must believe. You must act. You must live. Your lifestyle must be like a man. That wants to see Jesus. You must have works. Some people say, oh, grace has come up for us. Oh Lord, reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. And then that same person is still having seven girlfriends. I'm telling you what's happening. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't get it. That's why we have many people asking for wisdom. Oh Lord, reveal yourself to me. But they are not getting it. They are not getting it. Because if you get it, it will change everything. We just read that scripture which, which, where the Bible says that wisdom, your revenue for wisdom is more than silver. It's more than gold. It's more than rubies. If you catch it. It's like it, it brings invention. It is what kings used to rule. Oh my God. Greatness is coming out from this meeting today. Somebody will shout the loudest amen you believe. And it shall be given him. Says, but let him ask. Okay, let him ask. But not waving. The Bible says, "He that waveth." Like, so what it means is that you are asking, and you are, you are, you are today. You are in. Tomorrow you are out. Amen. Amen. So today you are serious with God. The next thing you have changed. Like a, you know the wave of a sea. The wave of a sea is like this. It goes up and it goes down. Those kind of people don't get it. That is the problem of many believers. Remember, we're talking about weapons of war. And this is wisdom we're talking about as a weapon of war. Knowledge of God as a weapon of war. And you're asking for this thing, but you are not, you are not stable. You are not asking in faith. Today you are hot, tomorrow you are cold. You can't get it. Praise the Lord. I, I, I pray for everyone, honors of my voice, the grace to not waver as you seek after God is coming upon someone today. Amen. I thought your amen be louder. Amen. Says, let such man not think he can receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8 says, a double-minded man. To tell you, he's not just talking about normal prayer. He's talking about an attitude that you must have to receive this thing. 
says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. Okay, I think I can leave that. <laughs> so, when you're going through diverse temptation, count it all joy. Let it not be a problem to you that you're going through. If you can only in that situation encounter Jesus, go for the knowledge of God, have an encounter with Jesus. You are coming out of it. Someone say, I'm coming out. So it's a matter of time. I'm coming out. So I might not have a car now. I might not have money now. But I'm coming out. They that know their God. Say they that know their God. Shall be strong. And shall do exploits. Say I know my God. Say I'm pressing to know more of him. Say therefore I'll be strong. You need to stand to your feet at this time. This is faith confession. Stand to your feet right now. Say, I know my God. And I'm pressing to know more of him. Therefore, I am strong. And I will do exploits. My life will count for something. The world will feel my impact. Because wisdom will reveal itself to me. Because knowledge will unlock itself to me. Because I will have an encounter with Jesus. Shout the loudest, Amen. Now open up your mouth and begin to pray right now. The Bible says, He that asketh in faith will receive. He that asketh and does not waver will receive. Open up your mouth and say, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Lord, reveal yourself to me. Ibarada go break it, do shake it, rude the gibbet, 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 rude you are all of us. Just I just want you to keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Rakapashali, can you reveal yourself to me? Mano Shakia, Ripalondo Sotekambrosha, Rapaliendo Soto Protokiga, Lady de Brigade, Lady de Brigade, Lady de Brigade, Lady de Brigade, La Cambria Tequila, Rakabanza Pratacambriata, Rubetacambriata, reveal yourself to me. Reveal yourself to us. Reveal yourself to us. In all this territory, they will feel the impact of this revelation. They will feel the impact of this encounter with Jesus. In all of this territory, they will feel the impact of my world will be changed because I met with you. Jesus, 
rotokon lembrute ke pasto empapona mengetela no prayer is a waste of time no prayer is a waste of time emparata pasto open my eyes Paul said to Jesus that I might know you and the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering even when you have, you have done so many things for God he still said that I might know you it means you cannot absorb the knowledge of God the more you know him the more you want to know him you cannot know him all your life depends on this prayer open your mouth and pray because your life depends on it wisdom is calling you Jesus is not in him. Knowledge is back on him. Loco pakata kapata kapata. Laka pakata kapata kapata. Runda kapata unzoko kumandas. Laka pakata kapata kapata. Laka pakata kapata kapata. I put you in love. All of my life. You are all of my life. You are all about and I'll make room for two. You and I, Jesus. You are all about and you are all about it. But all I know you, all I want to know, Jesus, Lord. I want more of you. I want more of you. Jesus, the more I is the more I want to know. Jesus, more. If you are not hungry for this thing, it will come. If you are not hungry, it will come. If you are not thirsty for it, it will come. If you don't open your door, he will not come in. This is the weapons of war. This is the weapons of war. The devil knows that if you catch this thing, he will never have anything around your life to hold. Never. Never. He knows he has, he has lost you forever. If you catch this thing, we can't fight you with anything any, any, anymore. Cause us to know you, Lord. Cause us to know you. We don't know you. We don't know you yet. Cause us to know you. Cause us to love you. Cause us to understand you, to encounter you. Let the people in this room today go back to their houses and begin to have encounters. 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 Open your mouth to everybody and just pray, 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 pray. Pray for an encounter this week. Shabara pate kodro shokuta. Rakapasa kakapala toko shekete. No matter what your pastor tells you about Jesus, if you don't meet him, if you have not met him, you will not know. Your life will not change if you have not met Jesus. Rapason nele brakima tande bahash. Ronda saprunde yatakaposh. Embru sakalabanda satekabraha. Embru dalavati kambra lavali hatandish. Ruka pali andosimrahatu. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> 
Sin and you will hate it. That's one of the impacts. If God reveals Himself to you, you will not see a person living in sin and you let him go. You want to preach to that person. If God reveals Himself to you, you will pray and you won't be tired of prayer. Are you hearing me? You will study the Bible, you won't be tired. If God reveals Himself to you, because you are beautiful and you are beautiful, I will preach. Because you're here, now we pray. Because you're here, and you are beautiful, and you are beautiful. Have you ever seen a, a, a fine person, a beautiful person, and because that person is looking too good, you 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 comport yourself, you comport yourself. If God reveals Himself to you, things will change. Just put your one of your head, your hands on your head, and say with me. I will fast because you're here. I will pray because you're here. Everybody, you are beautiful. And you are beautiful. Say it again. Say I will fast because you're here. Because you're and I will pray. Because you're here. Say and you are beautiful. Say louder, and you are beautiful. Say I will fast. Say I will fast because you're here, and I will pray. I will pray because you're here, for you are beautiful. You're beautiful. You are beautiful. I will fast and pray. I will fast because you're here, and I will pray. Because you're here, for you are beautiful. Oh my God, and you are beautiful. Ah, hey, ah, hey. Launch parts to encounters is sound. Sometimes, when God wants to show Himself to you, He just puts a song in your mouth, and you see yourself, you can't stop singing that song. He's trying to, He's inviting you. That song is an invitation. Whenever you hear, the next time you hear a song and the song refuses to stop coming to your ears, understand that that's an invitation. Look for a quiet place, enter there, and, and pray.
show yourself to us. Come out from your hiding, O he that dwells in the midst of lights. O he that dwells in the heights of heights. Come out from your hiding place and show yourself to us. Reveal yourself to us. Show us your glory. Like Moses cried and begged and asked to see your glory. Show us 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 your glory. We cannot afford to die no more. We don't want to end like our father. Like our mother. There is something in our lives. There is a plan for our destiny. Show us your glory. Reveal yourself to us. Wisdom, all knowledge, all wisdom, all power, all God. Reveal yourself to us. I want to burn for you. Yeah. I want to burn for you. Yeah. I want to live like you. Just keep playing, keep playing, I'll follow you. I wanna burn for you. I wanna burn for you. I wanna live like you. I wanna live like you. Say I will pray because of them, and I will fight because of them. For you are beautiful, and you are beautiful. And I will pray because of them, and I will fight because of them. For you are beautiful. Oh my God, you are beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. I want to live like you. I want to be like you. I wanna burn like you. 
Father, we exalt you. Let this fire go with us to our various houses. We'll never remain the same again. Amen. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Just put your hands together for Jesus and take